Hello, fellow friends, family degenerates, and fellow MMA fans, and welcome to another podcast of Caged Wisdom MMA. My name is Josh, and I am your host. Just got done cutting another podcast. On uh, I was brought in as a, a guest MMA analyst for the upcoming fight. Wolf of Wall Street is the name of it. Again, that's Wolf of Wall Street. There we get into a little bit more, well, no, actually a lot more granular details about the upcoming fights. Um, and, and why we see them going a certain way and how they're going to play out or how we expect them to play out. So if you want to go check that out, by all means, I promised everyone that the goal of this podcast is to keep all of our, our betting picks and, and analysis down to 15 minutes or less. So I want to make sure I honor that. With that being said, we've got a big night of fights coming up on Saturday, UFC 273, Volkanovski, Volkanovski versus the Korean Zombie. Is that why we're here? No, it's not. We are here because we want to see if Chimaev has what we think he has. Is he as dominant? Is he as big of a star that we think he is? Spoiler alert, I think that he is. And if he's able, he's going to be taking on a legitimate contender that can separate him from his consciousness. He can also submit Chimaev if, that, if the fight were to go that way. I don't think that's going to happen. I'll give you some reasons why here in a little bit. So let's go ahead and just get into it. I've got four fights that I'm looking at at betting. One of them is an underdog fight because there's just not that many underdog fights. It's one of the most heavily skewed betting lines I've seen in a in a you know in a in a main card. All of them, I think the the ones I'm looking at right now, the the best odds is like minus. 380 or 400 i don't know i'll have to look at it as we go through it but i wanted to give you one that was what i consider my value pick here we're looking at yair rosenstrike versus marcin or marcin tybura uh rosenstruck is minus 158 tybura is plus 128 rosenstrike is somewhat of a throwback fighter he is a amazing striker and he can put anybody's lights out with his power but he's got no ground game. And Tybura has shown me in some of his other recent fights, Greg Hardy being one of them. I know there are two different levels of the striking, but Greg Hardy's got like serious, serious power. And Tybura has really surprised me in his ability to weather the storm with, you know, he's got a great chin, but I think he's also got the ability to put this one up against the cage, get uh, Rosenstrike tired, and then get him to the mat in the first round, I think because of the size and the lack of technical proficiency on the ground, Rosenstrike's going to get tired. And coming in round two, I think the same thing's going to happen. Two and three, I think the biggest risk to Tybura right now is going to be round one, and I think that he has what it takes to weather the storm. So that's that's my, my, uh, my prelim fight that I think is a very good value because there's not a lot of value elsewhere. So let's get to the Chimaev. Burns fight. Again, this is the first time that we're seeing Chimaev take on a legitimate contender. He fought a top 15 guy, uh, made the win look so ridiculously in his favor, it was mind-boggling. He, uh, like Yi Lang or Ying Lang or whatever it is, picked the guy up within the first eight or nine seconds, brought him over to where Dana was, literally holding him professional fighter in the air, brought him over, slammed him from Dana, and then proceeded to have a full-blown conversation with Dana White as he's beating the tar of this guy. It's one of the most amazing displays 
of just sheer dominance that I've seen since, you know, watching uh, uh, early Khabib Nurmagomedov. Shemaev looks like he has lightning in a bottle right now. I think that this fight has a lot of risks because I think that Burns is the absolute real deal. That being said, in, in watching some of his other fights, even though it wasn't at the level of competition, here's a stat I'm going to throw at you. He's landed 112 significant strikes, and he's been hit once. And he's been, he was hit when he was on a guy's back, beating the snot out of him. And the guy threw one of those punches and kind of hit, hit him in the face when he was behind him. You know, like if you were coming out of, you know, uh, senior frogs in Puerto Vallarta and the Mexican drug cartel's about to take you hostage. That's the kind of punch that he landed. That last second Hail Mary. This is never going to work, but, you know, it's a, it's a, it was a moral victory for him. So the way I see things playing out, Chemayev knows that he's got a major spotlight on him. He's got the potential to be a crossover star. He's got, you know, if this goes off, he's going to fight probably Usman. Uh, and I would imagine he's may even fight at 185 if that matchup's not available and take on Israel Adesanya. I think Israel Adesanya is the easier fight of the two, to be completely candid with you. So it's going to be interesting. So why am I bringing that up? I think that what he's going to do is he's going to try and break Burns to show everyone just how dominant of a fighter he is. And how do you do that? You beat someone at their own game. Round one. I see Burns coming after Chimaev because there's going to be a lot of nerves just because of the hype behind him. And he's going to be throwing some of those, you know, and just watching some of the, the film on Burns. He's got big muscles. He's strong, powerful, great grappler. Uh, but he throws looping shots, which is a big problem, both from uh, being able to connect defense and also it opens him up to the takedown if he gets too aggressive. Most people don't want to take him down, though, because he's got such a good ground game. I think Chemayev is going to prove a point to everyone watching. He's going to take down Burns. He's going to wear him out round one. You're going to see a very similar thing happen in round two. And then in round three, the coaching for Burns is going to tell him, you know, buddy, you're going to have to switch up the game plan. You're going to have to knock him out. I know he might not be behind on points at that point, but I think it's going to be interesting transition because you're going to see him get desperate to go with what might work, which is a, a knockout, but he's going to be getting tired. And when you get tired and when you get desperate and you're throwing harder shots to get the knockout, things are going to loop a little bit further for him because that's his pattern. And I think Chimaev is going to knock him out round number three. So again, what are the odds on this fight? The odds are Chimaev minus 490 on DraftKings as of this morning. Burns is plus 360. I'm only going to go, uh, you know, I'll, I'll post my wins and losses. I only go based on the fighter that wins and loses. I'm not doing any prop bets, but the odds are so terrible in these fights. I'm going to recommend that you at least explore some prop bets. So this is the one I would take. Chimaev by TKO is plus 110 as of 10 minutes ago. I think that's the best value. I'm not putting anything on minus 490, but, you know, you can do that. You can wrap in a parlay. Don't necessarily recommend that, but I think that's a, a great opportunity to cater to his strengths, especially with the, the spotlight on him and the fact that we might have a general generational talent on our hands. Second fight, or I guess this is the third fight technically, is Sterling versus Peter Yan. Guys, we've seen this fight before. We saw the domination that was Peter Yan. 
Sterling hasn't fought since that happened. I think he had some medical things, some surgeries, injuries, whatnot. Peter Yawn fought, uh, I forget the guy's name, about what, like three or four months ago. He looked good. He looked really good. Uh, Sandhagen is who he fought. Sandhagen did great, but just not on Peter Yan's level. Now, I know Sterling beat Sandhagen as well, but that was like two years before that. So if we look at it over time, Sterling has only, I think, completed maybe three rounds in the last two or three years because he hasn't fought since. So what does that tell you? Has he developed and grown as a fighter? Yeah, it can happen in practice, but ring rust is a real thing. So has he improved enough to be able to cover that delta that we saw in the first fight before Peter Young got DQ'd for an illegal knee? The answer is no, guys. When I watched that fight recently to do my breakdowns, what I saw was a nervous Sterling coming out, throwing everything at the you know, but the kitchen sink at Peter Yan because of the nerves firing. He was trying to be really athletic, difficult to hit, a lot of kicks, a lot of big movements. By you know, but what happened? Peter Yan usually starts out really, really slow. A lot of times he loses the first round. That's not what happened in this fight. About halfway through the first round, his counter shots, his boxing ability, um, is second to none in the division. On top of that, I know Sterling was a two-time NCAA Division three. Uh, I don't know if he's a champion or All-American. I think it was All-American, but he's supposed to be the dominant wrestler. Not against Yanni's not. Maybe it's because it's not traditional collegiate wrestling. It's MMA wrestling. But Yan took him down two or three times. He also has these amazing counter shots and was able to put uh, put Sterling on his ass twice. So is this a good fight to bet on? What are the odds on this fight? Odds are Yan minus 475, Sterling plus 350. Yeah, by all means, go ahead and bet. Yawn at minus 475. But I think if you're looking for some additional value, it would be to take Yawn by TKO plus 150 because we both know that was what was about to happen in the second fight or in the first fight, excuse me. And in the second fight, five rounds, I, I think that's a pretty good bet. Pretty good bet. The main event. Volkanovski versus the Korean Zombie. We all know that this was supposed to be Max Holloway. Unfortunately, he got injured. And now we have the Korean Zombie. So I think Korean Zombie is a, a perennial top seven, top five. But I don't think he's championship level. And there's a number of reasons why. But first, let's, let's talk about Volkanovski. He is 23-1. and one. He has not lost since 2013. He's on a 21 fight win streak he trains with some of the best strikers in the world with city in city uh sorry excuse me city kickboxing with izzy and dan hooker um he's got great kickboxing with legitimate power but i think his most important asset is his confidence and his self-belief uh he is a pretty great representation of a full like a well-rounded mixed martial art mixed martial artist he's got good wrestling he's got submissions you don't see those very often uh he's got great striking he's got great cardio great chin power i mean just the list goes on and on and on and i don't really see a way you know i guess 
if we're talking about the Korean zombie, what is his best way to win? It's going to be via a, a submission. But we saw what happened when Volkanovski took on uh, Brian Ortega. Brian Ortega, you know, he was getting pretty thoroughly dominated most of the fight, but there was a point in round three, I believe, where he got caught, and I thought it was a, maybe a guillotine or a guillotine, and it was deep, real deep. And Volkanovski was able to survive that. And I think of the two, Ortega versus the Korean Zombie, when it comes to sheer submission capability, I think that Ortega's got him beat. And not to mention the Korean Zombie fought Ortega and was, you know, handedly beat by Ortega. Now, again, styles make fights, so I don't like to look at one person that one lost to and the other person beat and make any conclusion based on that, but it's interesting because of the, the 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 method of winning from Ortega and the zombie are the same. I think Ortega is better though. So where does that leave the Korean zombie? I don't think it leaves him really anywhere, and I think the odds suggest that. The odds right now is Volkanovski minus seven sixty, and uh, the Korean zombie is plus five twenty five as of this morning. Now. I don't know, I don't have the exact number on me right now, but with Volkanovski, especially in his last few fights, he's really gone back and forth, and he's had a lot of unanimous decisions to his name. The Korean Zombie, too, is somewhat of a decision machine, uh, but he's also had some submissions, and I think a TKO somewhere in the mix. So if we took that body work together, would I bet anything minus 760? No, certainly wouldn't lock up in a parlay. I mean, look what happened with Amanda Nunez and Julianne Pena. That uh, was at minus 1100, something that's just ridiculous. I mean, if you're not going to make money on it, why bet it? Why wrap it up and into a parlay? Because it clearly in, in the UFC, like nothing really truly is a lock. I mean, I say that I think they're locks. And I believe that they are, but something like that happens where there might be a backstory that we don't know about. There might be an injury we don't know about. There's a lot of things, unlike football, where they have an injury report, and if someone gets hurt, they just fill somebody in. Here, it's a one man, it's a one man sport, and we find out about injuries like after the fight. We find about the challenges after the fight. Very different type of sport. A lot of different things can happen. So, would I bet this again minus seven sixty? No, I would not. But just based on seeing the amount of decisions and the caliber of opponent that the Korean Zombie is, and I don't want to discredit. The Korean Zombie because I think he's a really really good fighter. I just don't think he's anything north of the top five, and I think that Volkanovski is a special talent. I think that there's one guy that can take him out, and I think that's beat if he's able to come back. But you know that's that's TBD at this point. So Volk by decision is is the pick minus one forty. So to summarize, I think the the four best fights to bet. Is going to be uh, Martin Tabura over Yair Rosenstrike as the underdog value bet. Tabura plus 128. For the Chimea fight, I say take him either straight up or take him, if you want to have some fun, do a prop bet and take him in a, in a TKO. With Sterling, you can also have the option, uh, Sterling versus Yan. I say take Yan by uh, either straight up. On the money line, it's not great odds. None of them are. Or you can bet him to win via TKO, which I think is what's going to happen. And then finally, 
Volkanovsky versus the Korean Zombie. Uh, this is going to be a one-sided fight. I think the zombie is tough, and I think that both of them have a propensity to go the distance. And I think the Korean zombie is good enough to hang with him for most of the fight, on at least staying in the fight on some level, throwing some danger. So it's going to make him, you know, not not in a position to throw caution to the wind. But I think minus seven sixty is is a pretty absurd money line. But I do like Volk by decision minus one forty. So there it is to me. Again, uh, hope you found value in these picks. My name is Josh. I am the host of Caged Wisdom MMA. Enjoy the fights. I'll be watching them. And talk to you guys next week.